0: This is the Easter version. We're going to take a moment to pray to the Lord and seek His favor on His Word tonight. Father, we do want to pray that Your Word may be a blessing to us this evening. as We read from the Word, and as we think about the confession we make about who God the Father is, the Maker of heaven and earth, God Almighty. We're praying that it may be a good time again for us to take joy, especially when we know ourselves as children of this Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, the Father who is willing and able to sustain us through all things, our coming and going, both now and forever. Your spirit be so at work in us, then, through the Word, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at Psalm 121 tonight, and then Lord's Day 9. Again, normally we've been working our way through the confessions back in the morning, but we've been away from the confessions a little bit. We looked at an Easter passage this morning, or a resurrection passage this morning, and thought, we better get a confessional sermon back into the swing of things here. And so we're tonight looking at a confessional message on... Trusting the Father from Lord's Day 9. But we look first of all at Psalm 121 in the word of the Lord. And we read these words there in Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. We respond there to the word by looking at Lord's Day 9 on page 16 in the blue hymnal where we take a moment to meditate on what it means for us to believe in God, Father, Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. and There we hear this answer that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father because of Christ, his Son. I trust him so much that I do not doubt he'll provide whatever I need for body and soul. And he'll turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this sad world. He's able to do this because he's almighty God. He desires to do this because he is a faithful father. We thank the Lord for the truths of his word and pray that those truths may be of benefit again to us tonight and unto his praise. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, every once in a while, we or someone we know may get stuck in a situation where we need somebody else's help. Uh, We could get stuck on a roof, we could get stuck in a tree, stuck in the mud with our car, stuck without something that we need. And it doesn't do me much good if I have somebody who's willing to help me. But he can't. I'd like to be able to help you, but whatever reasons why they aren't able. Or if somebody's able to help me, but he won't. I need somebody who's able to do both for me, willing to do both. He needs to be both willing and able. And such are the types of persons whom we can trust, right? those who are willing and able to help us in need. And that's what we have in the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can trust in him so much because of what he's able and what he's willing to do for his children in Christ. And we look at those truths tonight as we consider the blessing of trusting in the Father because of his power and his desire that which we confess even, that he's able to do this because he's an almighty God, he's desirous to do this because he's a faithful father. So we take a look at, first of all, at his, his power. We confess our faith, our trust in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And that phrase we hear all the time when we are welcomed into the fellowship of God in worship, and that our help is in the name of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And it's quite a, a refraining kind of statement that the Psalms bring to us, not just here in our passage from Psalm 121, uh, but we find it in Psalm 115, Psalm 124, Psalm 134, and Psalm 146. And it's especially remarkable how it's used three times in the Psalms of ascent to Jerusalem. Let's start with Psalm 120 and end with Psalm 134, where, where, where God is dwelling with his people in Jerusalem, in that mountainous region there. It makes sense to see this psalm as a true traveler's psalm as we look at it, because one is heading to or has arrived at mountainous Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And such would be a psalm of hope and strength to those who are traveling consoling the, the faithful as they came and went, not only to and from Jerusalem, but wherever they might go. When many people that day would look to the hills or the mountains, they would look, be looking there as a place where the gods of the mountains could care for them. They thought that various high places uh, could be helpful to them because That would be where the gods would listen or reside. But that was no guarantee for one who was in the valleys. For such places, you'd need another god. This passage, given that it was a song of ascent, was speaking of the god that was pleased to reside in Jerusalem, the holy city, but at the same time, it it spoke of the god who was not relegated or or left to be effective or powerful only in Jerusalem. This was the God that was powerful over all things because he was the creator of all things. And that was exactly the kind of God that a person needed. Not a God that was only uh, one of many, or only good here but not there, uh, but the one who alone was creator, alone was God, alone was almighty, wherever he might be and wherever we might be. Now, of course, when we read of the Lord as maker of heaven and earth, he's not called here Father. We confess God the Father as creator of heaven and earth. But as we've said at other times, creation... Like deliverance, salvation, or sanctification is, is not a divine action that's exclusive to any person of the Godhead. In other words, the Father as creator is not creator by himself. The Son was with the Father from the beginning, and through him all things were made, according to John 1. The Father creates through the Son, says Ephesians 3.9. Psalm 104 Verse 30 says, you sent forth your spirit, they are created. And so such passages also help us to see that the Son and the Spirit are used by the Father in creation. And that usage has uh, to have much to do with why the Father is the focus when it comes to the creative activity that takes place. It's important to note that God the Father is, through the Son and the Spirit, the creator of heaven and earth, for through this very power that enables him to create, he's able to recreate and to redeem and to sanctify, to renew his people and his creation. Through whom? Well, through the Son and the Spirit. He's not only able to create through his Son and Spirit, he is able to recreate, isn't he? Through his Son and his Spirit. And he does that by sending his Son, as we've heard, to be the first fruits of a new creation. And as he dies for his people and he's raised in glory, the Father sends his Spirit into people's lives. Why? So that they may be new creatures. And those new creatures, as we prayed about and what we understand from the Scriptures, anticipates the new heavens and the new earth that is yet to come by the Father's will when Christ returns. Now to keep focus here, let's be reminded as to why this power of the Father is so important to us. When we're looking for someone to trust in the neediest and weakest moments, not just anybody will do. If God the Father were just willing to help me, but he wasn't able, then he would be little good to me. But as Almighty God, he's able to be my strength and comfort. We hear Paul say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, isn't that the very spirit with which we can read Psalm 121? Isn't that the reason why the catechism confesses as it does? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Nothing's able to step in front of the Lord and keep him from doing as he will. Look at what he is able to do after all. He makes everything by the word of his mouth. He creates everything out of nothing. We need something to make something. We we need material to make things. But God in his power doesn't need that at all the word of his mouth were the heavens made. You talk about power. Who else knows the end from the beginning? Where were we when he put the heavens in place? Who can speak of eternal counsel? Who else can hold all times in his hand? Who else is there who never slumbers nor sleeps who never dies, who remains the same throughout the ages, ever dependable. Nothing surprises him. Nothing's outside of his domain. Nothing outside of his knowledge. No matter where we go. No matter what happens to us. And then on top of that, there is, there's never been a time when he has not been. Nor will there ever be a time when he will not be. So you talk about dependability, someone who will be there for you. He's the eternal father of the Lord Jesus Christ, his temporal creatures. We can't fully grasp that idea, but we can gain from it. We can glean from it. Uh, we can appreciate its benefits and its wonder. And we are to appreciate its benefits and wonders so that we might trust him. And praise Him for it all the more every day as long as the Lord gives us breath. When the Father has that kind of ability, that means He can direct the world as He wants. He can sustain the world as long as He wants and renew it when He wants. He can bring the world into being when He wants and provide as he deems best for that creation. And as he directs all things, it'll be done in a wise and wonderful way. As Almighty God, along with the Son and the Spirit, there's no one like him. And that's exactly the kind of God that we need because this is the only kind of God that can be trusted for all times and for eternity, there's no sense in settling for less. But as good as that is, it would mean little to nothing for us were it not that we knew the Father this way through Christ. I can't rely on being a child of creation simply in order to have God the Father work His power to my good. Without Christ, the Father would have uh, there would be the Father would would have the power to be a blessing for me, but it's in Christ that He's willing to be a blessing, given my depravity. The very things that are mentioned in this passage of Psalm 121 that are very comforting to hear would mean nothing to us without Jesus Christ. Uh, That would also be the case for Old Testament saints. In fact, the truths of Psalm 121 are seen fully in Jesus Christ. Who like no other person was kept by the Father through all that he had to endure. And if it's true that it is only in Jesus Christ, that we can know this type of blessing, then it makes sense that Christ himself knew and knows this blessing. Certainly it's true that whatever adversity he had come upon him was turned to his good, wasn't it? And that's an inspiration and encouragement for us just in that. He indeed was provided by his Father for body and soul in terms of his humanity. As we focus on the Father in heaven this evening, it's an opportunity for us to see why not just any faith, but faith in Jesus Christ, faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is such an important thing. Because when you profess that God is your Father, you have to do it through the Son of God. You have to believe that it's because of Christ that you may be known as a child of God instead of a child of wrath. Because nobody comes to the Father except through the Son, except through Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But but when you have that kind of faith, then you have every reason to have a fast-holding trust in the Father. We can trust Him abundantly and, and not minimally. And and that's that's part of the confession that we make, right? In, in light of that, that we recognize that this God who is uh, the eternal Father of the Lord Jesus Christ he is mine because of Christ, and I trust Him so much that I don't doubt that He'll provide. That too makes all the sins in the world. He'll provide what I need as he thinks is best. And if there's adversity, and, and you'll get it in <laughs> as a Christian, he'll turn that to your good in his good time. Just like he did it with Christ. Which is why we always need to remember Christ in our adversity and remember his adversity as well. That for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and now he sits at the right hand of God. I have to realize that he has all things in his control, even the adversity. The greatest of adversity, the the adversity of Christ. And if if he was in control then, how much more can we be consoled to know that when we're in Christ that that he has everything under control too. Others will want to see that adversity for evil. Or excuse me, others will want to use that adversity for evil and and, and I'll be tempted to believe that this adversity is meant by God to mess up my life. Or that God isn't in control of that adversity. But that's not the view of trust. Trust. That's the view of my own perspective getting in my way and getting the best of me. And it's a perspective that I'm not gleaning out of the scriptures, but out of my own wrongful perspectives. So a passage like Psalm 121 can encourage me to remember the gospel in terms of trusting in the Father. Psalm 121 is not trying to paint a picture of no problems. It's simply trying to focus our attention on God's sovereign care over his own in Christ. It would be the New Testament version or the Old Testament version of Romans 8 where we read that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God the Father through Christ Jesus our Lord. As Almighty God The Father, for Jesus' sake, He not only has the ability, but the desire to keep us firm on our road to glory. And when we stand in the Lord, we stand on firm footing as we walk to Zion. And we can take comfort in knowing that when we're weary and we're heavy laden and the trip seems long, we can always rest in the Lord. Because the Lord never takes a rest when it comes to His keeping of our lives. And He keeps us like a man keeps his treasure. Like an army guards the city. Like a watchman watches the wall. Like a guard who cares for his king. Our passage speaks about how the Lord is our shade at our right hand. He's the refreshment that continues to allow us to carry on with whatever it is that he would have us to do with our strength. He's why we can persevere. And it doesn't matter, says the psalm, if it's night or day or or what it is that we have to face in the fight of faith. Whatever is evil cannot overcome him who through his Son has overcome the world. And it doesn't matter where you go. And it doesn't matter when you'll return. And it doesn't matter if it's now or eternally. The Lord can be counted on to preserve us. And that doesn't mean that we're going to live forever and ever in our earthly sojourn. But it does mean that when he grants to us eternal life in Christ, that is a life that will never end which means that His love for us will never end either. His power and His willingness will make sure of that for us when we are His children in Christ. I'm not always going to be there for my children, just like my parents couldn't always be there for me. There one time a number of years ago and I would preach on passages like this, I could say, well, I won't always be there for my children just like my parents won't always be able to be there for me. Well, that's changed. I won't always be there for my children just like my parents couldn't always be there for me. But the Father will always be there for me, directing my life for the sake of Christ. And he may use some means that I may not always understand. And he may use some means that are going to bring me some pain from time to time and some sadness. But I know that for the sake of his son, he'll be my keeper. No one else can be. He's able to do that because he's Almighty God. And he desires to do that because he is a faithful Father. And that dependability is what we're all called to trust when we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen take a moment to respond in prayer. Father, we're grateful for the ability to serve you well, and we're asking, Father, above all, that you'd accept our thanks for allowing us to rest in your power, your might, and your willingness to care for us through all things in the name of Jesus Christ. No wonder we are to profess and praise and rest and live for you as your children in Christ. We can be identified in so many ways, but Lord, to be known as your children, adopted by your grace, and connected then to the everlasting Son, We realize that that kind of identification and that kind of family membership is is most important of all for us to know. And may we find that association and that membership and that family to be a real solace for us so that we would take real joy in knowing that the Lord will keep us in our going out and our coming in from this time forth and forevermore because our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. We ask, Father, that you'd accept our prayers For Jesus' sake, amen.